The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello and welcome to the Road to World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short, joined as always by Drew Silva. Drew, I know we, we took a break last week, but definitely good to be back. How are you? Good, man. Yeah, you selfishly wanted to spend time with your daughter on, what was it, her first birthday? Yes. And we just got really sick. So it uh, wasn't much of a vacation, but uh, still good to unplug for a little while, but also still keeping an eye on baseball and the draft and everything like that. So. Yep. Um, we've got a, a a big show. I think a lot of injuries. Um, some uh, some some guys returning. Some some bullpen situations. Um, we're not going to really talk too much about the draft because this is a fantasy baseball show, and just those guys really aren't aren't relevant for a few years usually. But um, so it was a, it was a good week to to take a week off. I think. Yeah. Well, we actually had some breaking news just minutes before uh recording here um so we'll we'll have to continue to follow this but uh the twins just announced they're demoting uh miguel sano all the way down to high a fort myers um which is quite a fall from grace um he was an all-star last year but it's really been a struggle even dating back to the second half last year he had that lingering leg injury then had the surgery and had the that rod inserted into the leg um, couldn't do a lot of rehab during the off season. So he kind of, he showed up to camp out of shape. Um, then you look at the numbers this year, 203 with the 270 on base percentage. Uh, he struck out in 40.5% of his plate appearances. Um, that's the highest strikeout rate among hitters with at least 150 plate appearances. Um, so going down to high a Fort Myers now, which is, is the uh, spring training complex for, for the twins. So essentially it's like going back to extended spring training uh, to work on stuff, conditioning, uh, work on his swing, stuff like that. Um, but definitely a, a, a stunner, I think it's safe to say. Yeah, I mean, like you said, that, that shin problem really became a, a compounding problem for him. Uh, put on a bunch of weight this winter, you know, I think he's to blame. I, I think there's other ways to st- to stay in decent physical shape. Um, yeah, there's other sure. ways to do, to do cardio. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but he, yeah, got off to a decent start in April. Like in mid-April, he had an OPS over a thousand, but was battling hamstring issues by the end of the month. I think right. probably the weight weight is to blame for a lot of that. Went on the DL on May first, and then 
has hit 191 with 30 strikeouts and 68 at bats since returning. Um, and yeah, I think it all kind of just points back to the shin issue. And I, I mean, 2017 was really shaping up as a special breakout year for him. Um, you know, one one that could launch him into stardom, especially if he had been healthy down the stretch. And I, he returned for what the Twins' final three regular season games, but then was left off the roster for the American League Wild Card game. Um, and I don't know. You just you think about what what could have been. Um, yeah, I, I think it, the directive here is to go to our spring training complex and just work out every day, and we're going to monitor what you're you're eating, and we're, we're basically going to start from scratch. Like this is going to be spring training for you. I, I don't know if he'll be down that long. I don't think it'll be over a month, but maybe maybe like three weeks, and then get him into some minor league rehab games. Hopefully, he drops like 10, 15 pounds, and and just start swinging the bat better and running better and, and fielding better. Well, we, we were expecting big things from the Twins this season. It really hasn't worked out so far. Uh, Sano, definitely a, a big part of that. Yeah. Um, they they just like, and, and they had kind of had an opportunity to, to stay in the mix in the AL Central because the Indians got off to such a slow start. Right, but, it has been mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. Mediocre but, but now division. the Indians have. Yeah, now the Indians have kind of got it together. I mean, they've lost two in a row, but um, you know they, they finally like put some distance between themselves and the doormats of that division. So um, I don't know. Lance Lynn has been better uh, in his last five starts in ERA in the twos, and Eddie Rosario and Eduardo Escobar are, are studs, um, top top fifty fantasy guys. Um, you know, once they get Mauer back uh, from his concussion. Yeah, maybe this is a team that could could go on a run in the second half like they did last year, but it, it has been a disappointment for sure. Side note about Eduardo Escobar, I saw an interview he did on MLB Network yesterday, and he was talking about his love for Fogo de Chao. Uh, it's a Brazilian steakhouse. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh man, that place is, is fantastic. But then I went on Twitter and I was like looking up Eduardo Escobar, Fogo de Chao, and like he talks about it like all the time. I think he wants to be like featured in their advertising or something, um, but yeah. Side note, I would. That's that's a good strategy. Yeah, those those kind of places are awesome. That's like a chain, but I, I've been to one in Utah um, that was more of a local one, and it was it was one of the best best meals I've ever had. That's like a good uh, place you like fast all day and just gear yeah. up to go there, and you're just sitting there for hours. But it's a lot of fun. And then you, you feel very sick for days after, but it's worth <laughs> yes, it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in other other news here, AL Central news actually, uh, Miguel Cabrera. It looks like, I mean, he's out for the rest of the year, but this could be a career altering situation for him. Yeah, some really unfortunate news. Uh, t- tore the left biceps tendon in his left upper left arm while swinging at a Jake Odorizzi off-speed pitch in the third inning Tuesday night, underwent surgery on Thursday, and, and like you said, is just done for the rest of the season. Supposed to start lifting weights in four months, so uh, you know, may, maybe he's, he's ready by spring training next year, but he's 35 going on 36. Um, the contract, he's owed $171 million still on a deal that runs to, through 2023. I don't think anyone liked that contract when, when the Tigers gave it to him. And that was a long time ago now, and, and they did it two years before they had to, before he was going to reach free agency. Um, finishes the year having appeared in just 38 games, 
uh, missed all but one game in May because of a hamstring strain and some other minor ailments. Uh, I really liked Cabrera in in fantasy drafts this spring. There were glowing reports about um, him being in improved physical shape at Tigers camp. He looked like five years younger. Um, Seemed like a a pretty good bounce back candidate uh, from his down 2017. And he was going in the seventh round. I got him in the ninth round in one draft um, and did hit pretty well when he was healthy. Not a lot of power, but uh, the the batting line is, is, was good, uh, especially for a 35 year old first baseman slash DH. Um, Yeah. But you know, it's over for him in 2018 and we'll, we'll see what kind of player he is moving forward. Um, taken over at first base for Detroit will be John Hicks, uh, who also filled in while Cabrera was sidelined in May. Um, Hicks played well during that stretch in May and currently has a respectable 783 OPS, five home runs, 22 RBIs, and 43 games this season. Um, I don't know that he's capable of providing meaningful mixed league fantasy production for a long-term period. He probably will bat in a good spot in that lineup, but I just I don't really see him being like a a twenty five homer guy the rest of the way, and and even a twenty five homer guy at first base doesn't doesn't hold a huge a ton of value in, in mixed leagues. Maybe the RBI total will will give him some deeper league appeal. If you're in an AL only fantasy league, he definitely has some appeal, but I'd guess he's probably already owned in those formats. Well, he had three hits out of the number five spot uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, he's also catcher eligible, so I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't think you're looking at him as a corner infield or anything like that. So any kind of value you're going to get out of him, most likely, um, you know, he should be best utilized uh, in a two catcher setup. Um, certainly, there he's relevant at this point. Uh, single catcher, I think it's a bit more iffy. Uh, I think he's kind of replaceable. There's a number of options you could use there, um, but. If you if you use a two catcher league, which uh, I think is you know depending on how competitive your league is, that could be your standard kind of format. Um, he should be owned at this point, and I think he's actually owned in about one third of Yahoo leagues at this point, which you know sounds about right. Yeah, um, and then if you're a Cabrera owner, I I don't know how you really replace his expected power production. I mean, it wasn't really there yet this year. Um, it's not like there are a ton of proven sluggers sitting on the waiver wire in competitive fantasy leagues. I guess since he missed most of May, um, if you are a Cabrera owner, you're, you're probably already dealt with this. You're, you probably already have a replacement on your roster. One I was thinking of is Matt Davidson of the White Sox, um, who's been in a bad slump since coming off the disabled list in early June. His ownership has dropped down to 30% on Yahoo. Could hope that he gets it going again. He, he did go two for three with two doubles and two RBIs in his last game Tuesday against the Indians had 11 home runs over his first 34 games this year. There were a lot of write-ups about him in April about how, how he changed his approach and then um, just got injured. And, and I think, you know, has just struggled since then. And I think he could, he could be someone that gets back to a, a pretty good um, level of production playing in a good ballpark and on the South side of Chicago and, Maybe the, the White Sox improve as the year goes along with some of their young guys. Uh, Yohan Mancata's hitting the ball well lately, um, and Davidson will bat near near the heart of that lineup. So I, I kind of like him with, with his ownership dropping. Ryan Healy with the Mariners. Uh, he's had four homers in his last three games. We know he has a flawed approach, but he definitely has pop. Hit 25 homers with the A's last year. He could definitely surpa- surpass that this year. He's 
I don't like using the on pace thing, but I mean, he's on pace for 30 homers right now. So uh, he's a good pickup available in more than half of Yahoo leagues. So in shallow formats, he's still out there. Uh, Eric Thames, he's back from the disabled list now, and it looks like he's going to play uh, against right-handers fairly often. Uh, I know Jesus Aguilar was a popular pickup, but uh, it looks like Aguilar is mostly going to play against lefties. So uh, sort of more more of a traditional platoon scenario, which is how they the Brewers were handling it prior to uh, Thames' injury. Uh, he had the torn ligament in his thumb, um, and Thames was off to a pretty good start even before that injury. So uh, I was kind of surprised, honestly, to see him out there, uh, still available in over fifty percent of Yahoo leagues. Another guy who could give you a nice uh, power boost at first base. Uh, whether you lost. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, or you're just looking for an upgrade elsewhere. He's out there, and I think worth picking up. I saw a report, or just a little tweet, that the Tigers are not interested in Adrian Gonzalez, in case anyone was <laughs> wondering where he might land. Yeah, um, that was a so. that was a, a forgettable uh, time period uh, with the Mets. He had a couple of big hits here and there, but uh, you know, Mets ready to turn the page there. Uh, you know, will we see Peter Alonzo soon? I would, I would hope so, but it looks like Dominic Smith is going to get a chance there. Not really someone who's mixed league relevant at this time. Wasn't hitting for power in AAA, but I think if you're in an NL only league, you know, he's worth taking a, a shot on while the playing time's there. Should we get to some other injuries? Shohei Otani. Um, yeah, big injury uh, last week. Uh, we were off last week, but uh, Otani left his start last Wednesday. Originally, we thought it was just a blister, a recurrence of a blister that he had before, but we actually heard the next day that uh, doctors found a grade two sprain of the ulnar collateral ligament in his right elbow. Of course, there was that leak right after Otani signed that he had some UCL damage, but it was believed that it was any, wasn't anything extreme and it's probably something that a lot of pitchers have. It was a very low-level uh, type of situation, but it's evidently gotten worse. Uh, Otani's received a plate, platelet-rich plasma injection and stem, a stem cell injection in the elbow, so uh, he's going to rest for a couple more weeks and be reevaluated after that. Um, obviously, Tommy John surgery is a possibility if the ligament doesn't respond to treatment, but uh, the Angels want to try other methods first, and they have a history of doing this. Garrett Richards... A prominent example so we shouldn't be surprised that they're going this route and uh, also the calendar is probably a factor here yeah um so if he waits and ends up needing the surgery it's not going to impact the timetable a ton um but obviously we're getting ahead of ourselves the angels still hoping that otani can contribute this year maybe even just as a hitter um so it's just a situation we're gonna have to wait and see uh after a couple of weeks he may try throwing again and seeing how the elbow feels um so yeah just unfortunate obviously just how exciting Otani was both on the mound uh and at the plate uh was really exciting really appointment viewing regardless of whether he was pitching or hitting so hopefully it's not a long-term thing but uh doesn't sound all that promising either yeah, the Angels do have him under control through 2023 because he didn't wait one more in year, year in Japan to reach MLB unrestricted free agency. So, you know, if this does lead to Tommy John surgery, which I kind of think it will, um, and is out until 2020, at least as a pitcher, there, you know, there are still four years to be excited about as an Angels fan, seeing him as a two way player. Um, 
Yeah, but it's a it's a situation that that really stinks. What's what's uh, Mike Trout's final year at Team Control? Is it twenty twenty? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's right, isn't it? I'm pretty oh. sure that's right. So, man, that's I mean that could be the last dance right there. Um, so that, I mean, it's a bummer. You'd think they'd get three seasons with Otani and Trout together, but maybe it'll end up only really being a year and a half or something like that. But uh, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but. It's okay to be bummed out. The Dodgers placed uh, starter Walker Bueller on the disabled list Tuesday, retroactive to, to June 9th, which was Saturday, with a micro fracture in his right rib cage. He actually suffered the injury three starts ago, uh, and then it finally became too painful to pitch through. Made an early exit from his last outing Friday against the Braves. It doesn't sound like an, an overly serious thing, um, but the Dodgers might use this as a reason to stunt Bueller's workloads but he can pitch a little deeper into the season um, he came into the year with an innings limit of around 120 to 130 after totaling only 97 innings between the minors and majors last year he's currently at 64 and a third innings uh, this year between AAA Oklahoma City and Los Angeles he's been great uh, 2.63 ERA 0.96 whip 54 to 11 strikeout to walk in 51 innings um, at the major league level. I think we see him back in the Dodgers rotation around early July. Uh, Caleb Ferguson figures to continue getting starts while Bueller is on the DL. He looked much, much better on his second turn through the Dodgers rotation than, than his first turn has posted excellent numbers this year in the minors. Um, some streaming appeal there in the right matchups. It looks like, his next start will be on Sunday in, in the Dodgers series finale against the Giants. Another pitcher injury, Masahiro Tanaka with the Yankees. Uh, he went on the disabled list uh, with tightness in both of his hamstrings coming out of his start against the Mets on Sunday. He actually hurt himself running the bases uh, in that game. So if you hate pitchers hitting and running the bases, it's definitely more ammunition for you uh, there. Uh, Tanaka has again been inconsistent and frustrating this year as a 4.58 ERA through 13 starts. The peripherals look good, strikeout to walk ratio, but he's given up 16 homers in 72 and two thirds innings, which is not good. Uh, the Yankees are calling up prospect uh, Jonathan Loasiga to make his major league debut Friday against the Rays. Uh, Loasiga has shown some elite control in the minors, so he's a pretty interesting uh, prospect. You know, give him a look in AL-only leagues. I think it's worth a shot there, even if it's just a, a spot start or a brief stint. But either way, you look at the injuries in the rotation for the Yankees. Uh, Jordan Montgomery's Tommy John surgery, Sonny Gray's inconsistency, uh, for example. And the Yankees look like a pretty strong bet to acquire a starting pitcher uh, before the July 31st deadline. It's a pretty, pretty glaring need. Uh, the Yankees have a lot of young players on their team, but I think it's... It's safe to say they're a win-now team. They have to take advantage of this window. So, uh, And they also have some really good prospects still. So I'd look for them to add a starter. Yeah, Lois Sega's kind of intriguing. Um, 2.64 ERA, 146 to 26 K-to-walk ratio in 160 career minor league innings. Pounds the strike zone. Uh, Mid-90s fastball, good curve. All, all his pitches rate above average according to to prospect evaluators, but he hasn't pitched about double a ball and um, Yankees manager, Aaron Boone even admitted that he's probably not going to work very deep into the game Friday. 
uh, in his major league debut against the Rays, but maybe he gets another turn after that if he pitches well. Um, and the, and the Yankees don't acquire a, a starter between now and then. And I'd, I'd bet they're shopping around right now um, to acquire someone. I've seen Cole Hamels linked to them. I, I think they're smarter than uh, to give up a serious prospect for Cole Hamels. Like I, I think they would let some other team do that. Yeah, Hamels has has pitched well this year, but the peripherals kind of say that um, he's he's had some luck. I mean, I I, I, w- I would not want Cole Hamels if I'm the Yankees. I, I would that I would be, I would aim higher. That wouldn't be the impact starter I'd be aiming no. for. I know there's been a lot of of whispers about Madison Bumgarner. Um, that would be pretty cool. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, and then Steven Strasburg was placed on the disabled list on Sunday with inflammation in his right shoulder. Uh, an MRI showed no structural damage, so that's good news. But he st- still hasn't resumed throwing as of Thursday evening when we're recording this uh, because the Nationals want to wait until the inflammation fully subsides. He won't be back when first eligible, but it does sound like there's a chance he could return before the end of June. Strasburg has a 3.46 ERA this season, uh, which isn't great, you know, relative to, to his usual numbers. But it was inflated by his last outing Friday against the Giants, which was cut short by the injury. Um, he does have a 1.09 whip and a 95 to 19 strikeout to walk ratio in 80 innings. You worry about any shoulder injury, um, but for now, it sounds like Strasburg should be fine and, and able to post frontline fantasy starter numbers over the final three months of the season. Um, Eric Fetty is currently holding Strasburg's spot in the Nationals rotation. Fetty is the top MLB-ready pitching prospect in, in the national system, but he wasn't posting very good numbers this year at, at AAA Syracuse, and his ERA in five major league starts between this year and last year is almost eight. It's 7.96. Probably not the greatest fantasy streaming candidate right now. Uh, a couple other injury updates with the Mets. Yoannis uh, Cespedes was on a rehab assignment last weekend before feeling renewed tightness in his right quad. So he's sort of back at square one uh, right now. Uh, he's at the Mets spring training complex in Florida, just rehabbing, um, getting treatment. Uh, Mets general, general manager Sandy Alderson said Tuesday that there's no clear timetable for Cespedes' return. Um, so given that we're in mid-June right now, I think... We have to rule him out until July, essentially, at this point. Maybe All-Star break. Who knows? Um, and then Noah Syndergaard, he's also in shutdown mode right now uh, due to that strain ligament in his right index finger. Uh, the initial hope was that he would be able to pitch uh, last Sunday against the Yankees, uh, but his finger swelled up following a game of catch, and uh, he saw a specialist Tuesday in New York, and they confirmed the initial diagnosis of that strain ligament, but... Um, again, no clear timetable to his return. Uh, he's just resting for now. Um, and it's really hard to determine a timetable until we see how the finger responds just to him ramping up his throwing programs. So, um, again, hard to imagine him being back before the start of July. So, uh, not much help on the way from the Mets and, um, frustrating for, for fantasy owners. I know I had high expectations for Syndergaard this year. He was, I think I had him as my number four. Uh, fantasy starting pitcher uh, this season. Cespedes, I had lower expectations just because of all those recent leg issues, but for him, that seems just to be a thing we're just going to have to deal with maybe for the rest of his career. Yeah, and the, the Syndergaard injury 
relates to uh, Seth Lugo's value, which is rising quickly, and we'll talk about here, him here in a bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we'll get to some more headlines here in a second, but if you love fantasy baseball, you need to try our new favorite app. It's called Draft. It's daily fantasy baseball, but not like those other guys. On Draft, you play live snake drafts with other people, just like in your season-long league. Drafts are just for one night, and once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You just set it and forget it. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts actually start from just $1, so there's really a draft for everyone. Now, as a longtime fantasy player, I found this game to be the best of both worlds. Yes, you can utilize your typical instincts from a snake draft setup and put together a lineup of stars that you feel good about, but there's plenty of room for strategy too, whether you want to stack hitters against a specific pitcher or in a specific ballpark. So there's room for multiple approaches, which makes constructing these lineups so much fun. Join us on Draft today. Just search Draft in your app store or play right from your computer on Draft.com. And for a limited time only, all Rotoworld listeners get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code RW. That's right, play a real money game for free using promo code RW when you make your first deposit. That's RW for Rotoworld. Search draft in your app store today to check it out for yourself. Um, getting into some other topics here. There was talk earlier this month that Ronald Acuna might be ready to come off the disabled this uh, this week during the Braves series against the Padres, uh, but but that obviously ha- ha- hasn't happened yet, and he hasn't begun a minor league rehab assignment either. Uh, though it sounds like he will be cleared for rehab games sometime this sometime this weekend. Um, he has been working out for the last few days, apparently high intensity workouts. There hasn't been a setback. Uh, rather, this this just seems like a case of the Braves playing it safe with you know the the twenty twenty year old future superstar um he's he's worked out the last couple days like i said without issue uh acuna suffered a mild acl sprain in his left knee on may 27th while running past the first base bag it looked like a really serious injury when it happened so the fact that he's doing workouts and getting close to live games should it should all be taken as a positive um mlb.com's mark bowman tweeted thursday morning that acuna should be ready by next weekend um so He's coming back soon, soon enough. Had, had a 779 OPS, five home runs, and two stolen bases through his first 29 major league games. I think he's the kind of talent that can, can win leagues for people down the stretch. Um, Charlie Colberson will continue filling in as the Braves' primary left fielder for now uh, and then shift back into more of a utility role when Acuna comes off the DL. Colberson has had a number of walk-off hits this year, kind of surprisingly, but the overall numbers are pretty much what you'd expect from a journeyman utility player. By the way, speaking of young studs, uh, Juan Soto had oh, yeah. the two-homer game at, at Yankee Stadium on, on Wednesday night. Man, I, the Nationals need to find a way to, to make sure he keeps getting at bats. I know Adam Eaton's back now, so it's a little more complicated, but, man, he is legit. Yeah, I mean, they've been playing Bryce Harper in center field um, just, just to keep – you know, Eaton and right and Soto and left. And I, I guess Michael Michael Taylor is going to be the one that, that maybe loses playing time. I don't know how you can send Soto back down. Yeah, I mean, he might be. Taylor's pretty good in center field, and he's actually hit the ball pretty well over the past, you know, yeah. f- four or five weeks. So I guess it's a nice problem to have, but I, I would imagine Eaton's going to require some, you know, 
maintenance uh, days off here and there. So I'm sure they'll find a way, but man, Soto's got to play. No doubt about that. Um, by the way, we should welcome Paul Goldschmidt to the 2018 season. Uh, he looked yeah. completely lost for much of the first two months, but he's just been insane recently. He's hitting 559. That would be 19 for 34. Uh, with four homers, six doubles, one triple, 11 RBIs, 11 runs scored over his last eight games. Uh, and that crazy stretch, his batting average has jumped from 210 to 258. His OPS has jumped from 723 to 869. Uh, Goldschmidt still had a three strikeout game the other day. Um, he actually leads the NL in strikeouts still. So we have to continue to watch that, but uh, he's just too good to be that terrible all year. I know we're a little down on him or maybe a little concerned about the humidor at, at Chase Field and the impact it could have on him. But uh, it looks like if you've been patient with him um, in fantasy leagues, it's it's starting to pay off. Yeah, you, you knew he would get it going at, at some point. And, but, I mean, couldn't, couldn't, we couldn't expect this level of quick positive regression. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of the best 10, 11 game stretches of his career. And, and he's had a lot of good 11 game stretches in his career. Trip to course field helps, I guess. Yeah. Just a ton of extra base hits, like an extra base hit and a half per game. Yeah. Um, insane. And then Marcelo Zuna, uh, I think the last time we talked about him on this podcast, it, it was the day after he showed up late to Bush stadium for a day game against the Royals. Yep. I uh, got benched, uh, for that game, but Cardinals manager, Mike Matheny said there would be, no further punishment that everybody would just move on from it. And since that benching, uh, maybe a wake up call pun kind of intended, uh, <laughs> Ozuna's batting 414 with a 1.146 OPS, 29 total hits in 21 games. Um, he's been especially hot since the calendar turned to June, five home runs and 14 RBIs in 12 games this month. Um, this all passes the eye test and the analytics test too. He's, he's not chasing as many pitches. Um, his swing looks so much simpler. Uh, he, he's somebody that can go on a tear for for months at a time, and I think that's that's what we're going to see over the over these final 90, 90 or so games. It's it's probably already too late to buy low on both Goldschmidt and Ozuna, um, but you know those are the kind of guys you want to identify that that have done it in the past and get in before they they figure it out and, and start raking. A couple of quick bullpen updates. First with the Astros, Ken Giles actually received the most recent save chance, but former Cubs closer Hector Rondon had three saves prior to that, and Rondon has been awesome this year. Has a 1-5-0 ERA with 29 strikeouts and five walks in 24 innings. Giles, uh, 4-7-6 ERA on the year. The secondary numbers are, are actually really good. Um and most of his problems have come in non-save situations. He hasn't allowed a run in a save situation this year, but he's allowed 12 runs in 12 and two-thirds innings in non-save situations. So that's sort of weird and interesting. Um, but still, it's it's never seemed like the Astros have had a ton of faith in Giles. Um, got that save chance the other day, with the, but it was with the three-run lead. So maybe they felt good that it was a bigger cushion. It was a good time to put him back out there and get his confidence going. Um, but I still think Rondon is a factor here and, and should be owned in most leagues. Rondon's pitching well. He has a history of closing games. Uh, he's still available in 56% of Yahoo leagues, but I don't think that should be the case. I still think he's worthy of uh, a scooping out, until at least until there's some more clarity uh, about this situation. 
Yeah, Chris Davinsky definitely worth owning too. He's he's been as expected um, dominant this year. Uh, and then the Orioles uh, they they activated Zach Britton off the disabled list Monday after he missed the first ten plus weeks of the season due to a ruptured Achilles tendon. He issued three walks in his first appearance of the season Tuesday against the Red Sox, uh, but managed to record three outs. Uh, it was a scoreless inning. That was in the seventh inning of that game with the Orioles trailing. I think they were down six to one at that point. Um, and I'd expect Britton to make a couple more lower leverage appearances before manager Buck Showalter tries him in a higher leverage or even a save opportunity. Um, of course, the, the O's haven't had many save opportunities this season because they just haven't had m- many leads. Um, but I think the goal the goal here is obviously to position Britton as a valuable late-inning arm ahead of the July 31 trade deadline so that he can be dealt away for prospects. Um, for now, Brad Brock is still worth holding on to in, in mixed fantasy leagues. He's been the primary fill-in at closer for the Orioles uh, all season. But Brock is also due to become a free agent this winter, like Britain, um, and also seems like someone that, that is likely to get traded, or at least should get traded. Who knows what the Orioles front office is thinking um, so maybe it'll be Darren O'Day, who's signed through 2019, or Michael Givens, um, who finishes the season as the closer in Baltimore. But if, if the Orioles trade Manny Machado and Zach Britton and Brad Brock and, and maybe Adam Jones, things could get even worse um, in Baltimore than they are right now. It's, it's not a great bullpen situation for fantasy production. If I wanted to look ahead and stash anybody, I'd probably stash Givens and just see how things play out. I could see O'Day being traded too, potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So That's what they should do, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, so to close things out here, we were going to talk about some waiver wire guys and some streaming options uh, for the weekend. Uh, you ready? Yeah. Right, um, go for it. Like I talked about when we when we just discussed Noah Syndergaard, Seth Lugo... Um, who was owned in just 29% of Yahoo leagues last time I checked. So that's probably risen by now because he led your column for Thursday, and I know that you're a big influencer in the fantasy. Of course. Of course. Um, what is his percentage now? It's got to be in the 30s. I think it's I think it's 40 now. Yeah. Oh, wow. So. Yeah. And Yahoo, uh, Yahoo gave him some love too. So. Yeah. Um, but I think that's even still t- far too low for, for a guy who has a 1.77 ERA, 0.85 whip, 47 to 9 strikeout to walk ratio in 45 innings this season. Uh, much of that production has come in long relief, and you know there's not much value in long relievers, but Lugo is locked into his spot in the Mets rotation now with Syndergaard still working back from that strained ligament and his right and next finger. And I think Lugo could hold on to the spot even when Syndergaard's returns if he continues to pitch like he has, um, throwing his fastball harder than ever and, and has used his curveball much more this year, almost 35%, I believe, on the curve and getting great results with it. Um, I've seen people comparing him to Rich Hill, yep. uh, a, bl- a blister-free Rich Hill, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. His next start is scheduled for Friday night at, at Arizona's Chase Field, which has become a real pitcher-friendly park since they brought in the humidor this off season. Um, I picked him up in a couple 12 team leagues on, on Yahoo and feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. We've heard so much. Uh, Mike Petriello from MLB.com for a couple of years now has talked about Seth Lugo's spin rate on his curveball. So 
uh, it's going to be an interesting, I guess, experiment to see how Lugo can succeed throwing his curveball this often from the right side. Um, we've seen uh, what Rich Hill can do from the left side, but uh, it's going to be really interesting to see if Lugo can not only just maintain that success with the curveball, but keep that velocity uh, with the move from the bullpen to the rotation. So um, Lugo probably isn't going to get much help uh, from from a run support perspective, but uh, he can help you in ratios for sure. And then M- Manuel Margot is somebody we all liked here at Roto World coming into the year, just dripping with breakout potential, at least in fantasy terms, because of the combination of power and speed. Um, was a huge disappointment over the first two months of the season, but I, I think some of that had to do with poor health. Margot missed a chunk of April with a rib injury, battled a hyperextended wrist in May, which can obviously hurt offensive production. Um, looks much healthier now. Uh, is starting to turn it around. 12 hits in his last 31 at-bats. That's a 387 batting average. Also starting to draw some more walks. Made an amazing catch in center field on, on Wednesday night against the Cardinals. Also had an RBI triple in that game. Finished three for four. And as he racks up the hits and the walks, the stolen bases will come. Um, finished with th- 13 homers and 17 steals in 126 games last year. He's only 23 years old. Uh, his ownership has dropped to 27% in Yahoo leagues. I think it's time to give him another chance. Yeah, and I think maybe that ownership number is a little misleading because I think it might be some people who picked him and now are just ignoring their teams. Yeah. Um, so I think he could be out there in a lot more leagues than you think, at least as far as active leagues. So uh, worth keeping an eye on him. A couple for me. Uh, first, don't forget about Kevin Kiermeyer. Um, of course, he needed surgery after tearing a ligament in his right thumb on a headfirst slide in mid-April, but he began a minor league rehab assignment earlier this week, and he could be back with the Rays by the end of next week if all goes well. Uh, Kiermaier got off to an awful start prior to the injury, but he was really good last year, almost sneakily so. Had 15 homers and 16 steals in 98 games while putting up a 788 OPS, so really nice across-the-board impact there. And he's still available in over 80% of Yahoo leagues, so probably time to put him back on your radar. Maybe stash him if you have a DL spot available. Uh, Another one, Randall Gritchick um, with the Blue Jays. Uh, We all know about the flawed approach. You know it very well. Um, But he has three homers, three doubles, nine RBIs in 11 games since returning from the disabled list at the start of the month. Uh, Gritchick slugged 22 homers in 122 games last year, 24 homers in 132 games in 2016. So there's some interesting power upside here in a ballpark where he could take advantage of that. Also the other ballparks of the American League East. And I figure Gritchick's going to play a lot as the year moves along, as the Blue Jays figure to sell off some pieces. I think they're going to show some patience with Gritchick as the year moves along. So I think he's a decent pickup, and he's another guy who's out there in a ton of leagues. He's available in more than 90% of Yahoo leagues right now. Yeah, Gritchick has always had the power to to put up pretty big-time power numbers in stretches. Um, definitely slumps a lot, too, because he's he's kind of a free-swinging swing, guy, but uh, in the AL East, you could you could see him putting up a pretty pretty good home run total if, if he can stay healthy and stay in the lineup on a regular basis. Uh, um, and then, yeah, you want to close this out with some starting pitcher streamers for the weekend? Sure. Uh, I will. I'll I'll do mine first. Um, okay. Cool. Chad Cool uh, with the Pirates. Not someone I trust on a start to start basis, but he's actually been pretty decent this year. 3.95 ERA with 69 strikeouts and 73 innings over 13 starts. He's actually winless dating back to May 5th, but 
He hasn't allowed more than three earned runs in his last four starts. And I like his chances of getting back in the win column with the Reds starting Matt Harvey on Friday. Harvey has a 5.04 ERA over six starts with the Reds. Seven homers allowed in 30 in the third innings. He's not fixed. And I think the Pirates offense provides Cool with some nice support. So if you're looking for a win, you're looking for some strikeouts, I think Cool will help you out there. Uh, Stephen Wright stepped into the Red Sox starting rotation last week when Drew Pomeranz landed on the disabled list with tendonitis in his left biceps. And the knuckleballer has worked 13 and two-thirds scoreless innings and two starts since 11 strikeouts, just six hits allowed over those 13 and two-third innings. Um, For the year, Wright has a 1.21 ERA and 25 strikeouts in 29 innings, two starts, six relief appearances. Pomeranz was really struggling um, this year, so I I doubt he's going to be rushed back, giving Wright a chance to run away with this rotation spot. His next turn comes Saturday at Seattle's Safeco Field. The Mariners are ridiculous right now, but they're winning a lot of close games, not exactly bombarding opponents. Um, I think Wright is a must-start until he proves otherwise. His ownership has risen dramatically over the last few days, as it should, but still out there in fifty or 57% of Yahoo League, so worth taking a look at your waiver wire. And then if you play in a league that allows for immediate pickups, uh, the A's recalled Chris Bassett from AAA Nashville on Thursday and we'll start him in Friday night's series opener against the Angels. He's filling in for Trevor Cahill, who was placed on the dis- the disabled list Thursday with a right Achilles strain. This is Cahill's second DL stint of the year, and it could be a longer one than the first one, a much longer one. You hear Achilles, you hear strain. That, that usually means a torn muscle. Um, so, so Bassett might be up a while. Uh, if he just pitches against – or if he just pitches around Mike Trout on Friday, uh, it could be a pretty good outing. Um, Bassett allowed just three hits over seven innings of one run ball in his first major league start of the season last week against the Royals, one walk, six strikeouts owned in less than 1% of Yahoo leagues. Um, so worth, worth taking a flyer on him, I think. All right. So I think that's it for this week, unless you have anything else. No, that'll do it. Okay, cool. Uh, if you like what you're hearing with this show, uh, please make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, etc. And please rate and review if you get the chance. It's a quick and easy way to show you support the show. Thanks as always for listening. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Drew is at Drew Silve. And we'll see you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.